Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Susanna, and welcome to the Codeco Podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here's the show. This is the Codeco Podcast. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, the 23rd of January, 2024. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. I am your host, Screw Freeman, with my co-host, Susanna Skyer-Gupta. Thanks, Drew. Today on the show, we have Brad Ashburn, a university professor and iOS game developer in Hawaii. He teaches courses at the interface of natural science, computer science, and art. Brad was a Cadeco Bootcamp graduate and mentor just last year. He's joining us to share his experience and advice on building and shipping his first app to Apple's App Store. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you both for having me on. I'm I'm really thrilled, uh, especially to to see the success of the boot camp, and uh, and to know that it's being turned around and it's generating more in this grand ecosystem of uh, of not just iOS but of apps in general. Um, why don't normally I, I I dive in and 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 ask about you? First thing I want to do is I want to just dive in and ask about your app. What what is the app that you created? Uh, I created a game uh, called uh, Sussy Circle. It's like a the inspiration for it was when I was out uh, with with some of my friends. Uh, we have a, a fortune month old now, but uh, and then we were at one of those like arcades in the mall, and there was this. There's this game that has this light that goes around. You, you try to stop it, and you win. You win tickets. Uh, it was real nostalgic, and I was like, you know, I could probably make an arcade app kind of like that, like an old school one, like that. So it was kind of based on that uh, about the uh, having things move around and winning and then and now there's level progression and leaderboards and game center and all that kind of stuff. So just kind of like an old school game, uh, real different than the kind of the normal free to play pay to win kind of mobile apps out now. Is it a, is a UI kit or Swift UI? Uh, Swift, yeah. Swift UI. Uh, purely Swift UI. No, no game engine, just uh, all pure Swift UI. Oh, that's really cool. So that sh- that shows you that you can actually make a compelling game without needing to do Unity or Godot or something that might be a heavy lift for somebody brand new. Yeah, uh, I would say. So, I mean, some of the things like if, if you're gonna like creating your own particle effects and things like that, it's would be way easier with the game engine. But since I was coming, I actually made it a lot a lot of it during the boot camp uh, as like a side side project because I wasn't busy enough with the newborn <laughs> and boot camp and full time job. But uh, uh, I wanted to prove to myself that I can I can do a lot of that and. And I just I, I teach some I, I teach some of it too. So so why don't, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about your background? Tell us about uh, about being a professor and the like. Sure. So I, as far as my like app development journey, uh, I I came from an art background. Uh, I'd, I'd taken many many art classes like in college, and then kind of when I was doing graphic design and Illustrator and Photoshop. Uh, we we started doing some website stuff, and that was like slicing up. If, if you're familiar, like slicing up a a Photoshop file to turn it into a website, and like, oh, you know, that's it's kind of limiting. And what you can do, I should learn web development, and then I'd learn web development, like the front end part, and then, well, that's kind of nice, but it's you know, there's no there's no like 
um, persistence. I should learn the back end part. Oh, wow. And then, and then after that part, you're like, well, okay, now I'm a web developer, a, a full snack web developer, as I like to say. <laughs> um, and then, and then I'm like, you know, would it be cool to like use some of the like camera features or the gyroscope and things that you can't really do. So then I was like, okay, let's, let's learn mobile development now. And then that's kind of the, my progression for development. Uh, Teaching-wise, uh, physical science, uh, chemistry, and then uh, like I've, I've published computational chemistry, so I've always had some kind of computation background. But then, as far as like applying it um, uh, into like actually like developing and shipping apps is way different than it's like teaching intro computer science. So, graphic design and computational chemistry led to an arcade app. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems kind of crazy. There's like this, uh, you, you I kind of, I started with a science thing, but I've always loved drawing. Um, I mean, going back, even some of my earliest memories are like drawing my own Mega Man characters, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, really in really old technology, really, really old ar arcade technology. But, uh, so digital art's always been a thing, but then, uh, you know, I, I pursued the sciences. Uh, and then when I got a job teaching, I can take classes for free, uh, college yeah. classes for free. So yeah. I just started going like crazy with all the digital, like getting back into it, digital art. And then that, then that led all the way to development. Cause I've always loved, I've always loved computers, building computers, that kind of stuff. So you said that you, uh, you, you did the arcade app as sort of the side gig during the, during the, the boot camp, And the big question always is, then there's a line that says App Store. I mean, I've developed hundreds and hundreds of proof of concepts and partial apps and even apps that I could say, I think that's done and it does stuff. What was it that tickled the line and said, this could go in the App Store? Yeah. That's a good question. The, uh, I, th I think for me, uh, well, beyond just like the desire to do it is uh, the, like when I, think back to like when I got the first iPhone, like when Steve Jobs, you know, uh, came out, they didn't even have the ability to put apps on it, right? Mm -hmm. in 2007. But when he unleashed the app store and there was all these amazing games, the mobile gaming market was way different. It's you, you paid and then the whole cycle of how you do in-app purchase and stuff. And now when you look at games, they're, they're you know, they, they have a certain model and well, you know, for good or bad, that's kind of a different question. But uh, I, I wanted to kind of develop something that was more, say, nostalgic gets back to that, that kind of era. And then uh, I wanted to have uh, – uh, utilize the say my de design background to I put in lots of work in creating assets. I think that's something that uh, so if you're like creating an app and this is your your very beginning, don't don't uh, underestimate the amount of assets that you're going to need for your app. Uh, and if you need like to hire or to have a, a graphic designer help you out or an illustrator or an animator. But there's there's a lot of hats you wear when you're when you're bringing it to that to the app store and kind of getting back to your question is I I thought that I could provide the polish that uh, it would need to actually be like an Apple app store worthy app. Yeah, I wonder this too, like this fundamental question of how do you know when it's ready? Mm -hmm. You know, I think eventually after I got done with uh, a round of, of beta testing, at some point I was like, you know, I, I, this could really go on forever. 
But uh, so I was like, okay, right. I'm going to ship it and I'm going to, I'm going to iterate it as soon as I start getting feedback. And it's, it's, it's gone through some major iterations. It was way, way better now. But uh, yeah, I think eventually it was, for me, it was, it was also, I wanted to uh, ship it around the time when the boot camp was ending. So I could um, kind of have that as like the double whammy, like the big apex uh, thing for me is, uh, and, you know, seeing like Ray and, and Matt, uh, you know, say, oh, oh, you know, good job, Brad. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was just, it was, it was really fulfilling uh, professionally and personally. So, so this almost sounds like there, there wasn't going to be a, a line to tickle. This was part of the, the plan was I'm going to make this app that's going in the app store. Uh, I was ho- I was always hoping, but kind of like you said, I, this is probably like app 20, right? You know, 30. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, can't, can't keep track of how many. But um, this idea I, I had had for quite a while, but I just could never actualize it without the, without the hundreds and hundreds of bootcamp hours uh, the, mm. the, that I, I'd put in. So just being getting to the point kind of where I had all I was generating all these assets and I had all the, the, the game center stuff ready to go. Um, that was really when I think, you know, I, I think I should actually bring it across the finish line and actually put it out there for people to hammer on the app store. <laughs> so is the app free or is it for purchase? Uh, it's free right now. I'm working on a, a bigger update, like the, the pro version <laughs> that has uh, more like um, uh, real-time multiplayer and stuff like that. So that's uh, that, that. That was kind of my whole plan is to have the a free version that's always free. There's there's microcurrency, but it's um, I, I I've been going back and forth between whether to add that in-app purchase in or not. But I think I'm just going to go with a, a version that actually has like real-time multiplayer in it. So the microcurrency now is like, it's like pretend money within the app, but one yeah. does not exchange yeah. actual money for like a big pile of pretend money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be very, very easy to add that in there. Just yeah. buy a hundred coins, but I haven't done that yet. I, I, I kind of resist doing that just philosophically for why I put the game in there. Well, also uh, you're a parent now. So you see like <laughs> how badly that can go south. Oh, dad, can I have your phone? Oh, a hundred yeah. berry packs, 200 berry packs, 20,000 berry packs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, if you, if you play any, any mobile game, really, you see how many levels of, of in-game currency there is. So, yeah, uh, for me, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route, you should probably design the whole way you're gonna monetize it before you even start <laughs> developing it in a, in a real serious manner, right? Because uh, it's just so there's so many levels of microtransactions now. <laughs> so many different different kinds. I'm sorry, I had to laugh because I'm in the progress of going from my my 1.x version to my 2.0 version, and all of the in-app purchases are going to be turning into in-app subscriptions, and that's you know pulling that lever across to say, well, you know, I've completely misthought how I was going to do all of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the internal uh money of this app is is just uh, it, it's a little bit of a nightmare you know it's oh, yeah. and, and i understand the whole way and i think that's not uncommon uh, uh, no i mean the, you, you you really from an app point of view don't have that full idea of how users are going to wrap around it until users wrap around it. And I think you don't know if you're making an app with the hopes of 
profiting from it, which is not the only reason to make an app. And it's not the only reason to put an app in the app store. But if you're hoping to make money, like knowing this monetization model, like uh, it's going to be all paid up front or it's going to be free, but with in-app purchases or it's going to be free trial and a subscription, you don't know till you try it. And you may try one thing and then think, that's not the thing. And then if you have to change the model entirely, like Drew's speaking of, you know, it's kind of stressful. But uh, but it is, I mean, if it's if there's some way to know that's not trial and error, I, I please write in, listeners, and tell us, because I we have not run across it yet. Well, that's the thing, is I think every app developer has had to invent the book for themselves, because... <laughs> Um, there, there is no, like in development itself, there's no one true right way. Yeah. And pricing is its whole own discussion, but you know, but like try it, see what happens is a key part of that discussion. So was getting a, uh, a paid, uh, a paid developer account part of the boot camp, or did you have just the regular developer account and then ramped up? Uh, you you don't have to have a paid one for the for the bootcamp itself because now that Apple lets you put the apps on on your own devices without having a paid account, uh, you can you can go through the whole whole bootcamp without it. Uh, I would probably only recommend getting the the actual one until you're real close to submitting it or into test flight uh, for beta testing because then then you have to then you have to pay. But uh, and, until then, I would probably just keep it. Um, like I wouldn't buy it at the beginning of the boot camp. I don't, I don't think that would be you know save yourself a few months. But I mean, the 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 cost of of being an actual Apple developer compared with some of the other development programs that are out there is still very inexpensive. It's it's I, I'd say it's under a hundred, but it's effectively you have to develop on Apple hardware. I mean, actually, you know, it's kind of held to be the opposite, you guys. That like because the hardware cost is so high, relatively speaking, it actually is a pretty high bar to entry, this, you know, developing for this ecosystem, as opposed to Android. But, uh, so I'm sure there are people out there listening who are, who are thrifty or, uh, maybe wish they weren't better in a situation where they really have to be, who are not going to pop for the developer account until the last second. But that second is like, you can't use test flight without the developer, the paid account, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. For that, that, that's the point I would, I would recommend doing it. Uh, like for me, at least for, I mean, I'm using like a 2019 Intel i7 MacBook. I've never had a problem, um, building on that. So, uh, I don't, I don't know if you need like the latest and great. I mean, of course, I, who doesn't want like a, you know, Mac Ultra Studio, but uh, you don't need too, too much uh, as far as it doesn't need to be too, too brand new. Yeah, pretty much the only reason you'd need an, uh, an Apple Silicon Mac for development is if you're doing Vision Pro development. And if you're doing Vision Pro development, then you have a little extra funds to throw around for an even more expensive piece of hardware. And those who are listening can guess which of the three of us has already ordered the Vision Pro. <laughs> we, we talked about the fact that you'd taken it through a couple of betas and you said, now I think this is good enough. What were some of the things that that that, that did say to you, this is good enough? Um, uh, the term we hear uh, in, in the business world is MVP, which isn't most valuable person, but in fact, minimal viable product. 
what is it that that told you in the beta process that this has got the right luster on it or this has got the good functionality where 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 did you know to stop i think the 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 gameplay feedback was getting better and better uh and some of the 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 ui was was getting better uh, this, this is where the the beta testing it really really helps especially if you're I don't know, maybe if you're going through the bootcamp now and listening to it or you're, you're thinking about it, uh, you know, getting that critical feedback, even though even though it always it always stings a little, uh, is just so useful. Tell us more about the process. So let's say you've got an app, you mm-hmm. think like, I mean, you know, anything that you've created, you're like nervous oh, to yeah. show to other people, but you're like, okay, they, I keep hearing I'm supposed to show it to people so how do how do you do it what does beta testing mean how do you get the app in front of people and how do you get the feedback so they for me i i sent it out to my friends and family that's the that's probably the best thing uh just because then it's like it's like really low uh you know low low bar and you did that via like um, like a test flight link which is something you set up within your developer account in app store connect Mm mm-hmm yeah, so at, at that point, it's it time to, you know, get the account and, and learn test flight. So that's another thing is, like, you're hardcore, you're, you're you know, developing your app, and then, like, well, learning how to use test flight is, is different, right? So now you might be building your app and then using Illustrator to build your assets, and then now you're learning test flight. So there's, there, there, there's quite a few different hats you wear. But, yeah, so um, getting it up into test flight, sending out the link, and then getting that, um, getting that good feedback, like, oh, it's really frustrating that the UI, like, why isn't there a button that lets me do this? Uh, and that, that kind of feedback after a few cycles, like, like for me, I was like, oh, my, my first version's really good. But then, oh, no, 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 it, it was really <laughs> bad compared to what it, really, really bad <laughs> compared to what it is, uh, you know, currently. But uh, I, I think at the point where I, I was in, integrating all the game center stuff and there were, there were leaderboards and then people were moving up and down and you're winning achievements. Oh, wow. At, at that point, I'm like, okay, I think I should just go ahead and, and release it to the wild and see, see how it goes. And you basically just called from friends and family? Yeah, yeah. So that was it. I mean, I, I found out after the fact that Codeco has a like a, a kind of like a server, Discord server with people that will help test flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so, like, wow, that would have been really, really great two months ago. But uh, so that is, uh, and, and I, I even saw after the fact that Codeco has like uh, courses and books on getting your app into the App Store. I just kind of did it from learning as you as you go and reading articles and stuff but um yeah like if you're if you're really really committed you would you would read that but it's so hard because you're you're as a developer you're you're so excited to code right like you're just you're coding and coding coding so to to, it's like i'm gonna just stop learning that and i'm gonna learn you know how to add this extra feature in app store connect yeah that's it's like you want to be back on the keyboard hacking away yeah it is it is difficult to push pause and for folks listening mm-hmm. so the Codeco discord channels um are open to you don't have to be a boot camp participant to come like i think that's is it brag about my stuff it's something like that where you can talk about mm-hmm. you know what you've made and then other people will look at what you've made and say supportive but useful things hopefully so Hopefully. Um, so when you sent out your test flight link to friends and family, did you also do like, did you have video calls with them so you could see them using it? Or did you like sidle up to them and say, here, try this now? Like, you know, 
we think of it in the industry as like hallway testing, like, uh, look, I've got an app. Can you want to mm-hmm. try my app here? Use my app, you know? Uh, the, the second one, the more like, um, you know, seeing, like seeing people use it, uh, like in, in, in person and also just getting a lot of feedback with, uh, just calling them and, and texting them or, um, you know, just kind of ask that usually I, I didn't have any, I, I didn't actually use that like official, like feedback through test flight. Mm-hmm. They would just message me like your app crashed when I did this. And I'd be like, okay, tell me exactly why it crashed. Right. You did and what then, and like, then what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause I really want to know when it crashes. That's, it's really, it's kind of like weird behavior. Right. But like when it crashes, it's like, okay, that's really awesome. Now I really want to figure <laughs> out why, cause I don't want it to happen to a thousand people, you know, when it launches and, <laughs> And then it gets it gets one star reviewed a whole bunch, and then you're dead. Oh yes, the uh, that's something we should probably go into is that that ecosystem of reviews, stars, um, placement on the app store. Those those things are all inexorably linked. That you really, I mean, well, one of the things that that a lot of people who don't deal with the app store don't understand is that. Your app has to not crash while they're evaluating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a crash during evaluation means we send it back to you and say it's not ready. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's in the App Store's best interest. They want apps that are working on the App Store. But then you get ratings, you get users. Um, you know, I take it you get the, uh, the reports from week to week on how many people have had mm-hmm. impressions, how many have downloaded it, et cetera. Yeah. That's always really nice to see the, uh, that, that kind of data. And then also if you, if you do the uh, uh, Apple search ads, the basic and more uh, advanced tier, you get, you can get a lot of really specific metrics depending on what you're using. And we could really do an entire episode on Apple search ads, which is, uh, oh, yeah. which is, the mechanics of actually paying Apple to place your app a little higher in a search. It would be interesting if you're listening and thinking, uh, wow, I could use some tips on making the most of Apple search ads. Please let us know. And then we'll we'll see if we can find some experts oh, yeah, definitely, to speak to that. Definitely could get some people on that. It really helps. It really, really helps to get more users. Uh, and one thing is if you do the basic if you're if you're just beginning, there's you, you get a hundred dollar free credit. Uh, so if you're if you think you're going to sh- uh, sh- ship your app and you're you know you're new, uh, uh, you get a hundred dollars free to just try it out. So I would say just just yeah. Just try so it there's out. no reason not Especially to. Especially that 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 initial period where Apple kind of gives you a little bit of bump because it's just it's just brand new. And then you know really really go for it. It's free, <laughs> kind of hundred bucks. And we'll be back with more of our interview with Brad in just a moment. But first, some words from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is offering .app, .dev, or .food domain names for only a dollar for the first year. They're the perfect domain extensions for iOS, Android, or Flutter developers creating the next great mobile app for 2024 and beyond. Showcase your latest project with instant credibility in the tech community and get your hard work noticed. Plus, why pay for things that should be free, right? Every domain name at Porkbun comes with freebies like SSL certificates, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and web and email hosting trials. And it's all backed by incredible personalized support 365 days a year. Get your .app, 
.dev or .foo domain for just $1 right now at Porkbun. For more information, go to the web at porkbun.com slash kadeco24. That's porkbun.com slash kadeco24. And one more thank you for sponsoring this episode of the Kadeco Podcast. Now back to the show. Drew was starting to talk about like, okay, if you submit an app and it crashes while Apple is evaluating it, well, yes, they are going to reject your app submission for obvious reasons. And I think it's fair to point out, this is like, that's a key thing that differentiates the Apple App Store from, you know, other app stores is like, if you apps, in theory, apps in the Apple App Store should be of a minimum level of quality. So in submitting this app, did you have any rejections? Did it go smoothly? Tell us about that. Uh, I initially got rejected. So that, that was kind of uh, totally devastating, but uh, very, very, very quickly uh, recovered. I, I remember, I remember it like exactly like I, I was programming in Starbucks one morning. I'm like, and I submitted it. And then of course you're like refreshing App Store Connect like every five minutes thinking, okay, it's been another minute. Come on, Apple, you know, review my app. But then finally, then you get that message. It's gone into review. I'm like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's been denied. Oh, okay. I'll read it later. I'm going to go to the gym. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, luckily for me, it wasn't. It, it was uh, mainly about the all the assets you create, like um, for the app store itself. Uh, I think I had a in the iPad version of it. I had a. I was using a mockup of an iPhone. And they mm. said, you can't, you can't do that. So I'm like, well, I'm really amazed at the level of which they really review. Like you think about all the mechanics of the game itself, you know, the thousands and thousands of lines of code. And they found that, oh, you know, one of your assets in the app store didn't, it's not going to pass muster. So that was, that was actually pretty good. I spent years working on mine. And when the first, um, the, the, the first denial came through, I, I also had that sense of devastation. And the worst part was um, mine was a sub clause in the entire list that said, we have too many of this kind of app already. Yeah, that's, that's awful. And I, and I had to basically write a letter saying, well, here is how I differentiate. Um, but the and one then thing- Drew did that do the trick? Yeah, the one thing, and I think it's really important to stress is, if you get a denial from Apple, don't freak out, don't post on social media that Apple sucks, take time, analyze what it was that you were rejected for, find out whether or not you can explain why this might not necessarily be your situation because they they go through so many apps so quickly, and if it's a one x if it's a one o app. They're going to scrutinize it. So what you need to do. Yeah, there's actually there's such a difference there between how long it stays in review for a 1.0 app versus an app that has been through several versions. That has gone through, you know, take that time, see where you can say I differentiate from this clause or I don't break this clause because be polite, be professional and you'd be surprised at the number that go to the review board and they go, oh, okay, continue. Um, because that's what happened with me was I, 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 I was, I was stunned. I, I 
I, I was misqualified, mis, uh, not qualified, mis, um, yeah, maybe qualified, categorized, thank you. I was miscategorized, but that's because my act was unique and unlike on the other ones that have come before it, so. And I think, especially if you're at the at the real beginning of your journey, that and you're, you know, you have that that has a ton of imposter syndrome and like when when can I call myself an iOS developer? You know, right. when I graduate the boot camp when when I get a job when I publish an app like when when is it? And then and then you get the denial like, well, I'm clearly not a developer now because you know Apple the Apple I submitted hates it once me. and Apple You're didn't approve me. Yeah, yeah, Apple hates me. You're a developer the second yeah. you. Get. You're you're a developer the second you get Hello World to compile. <laughs> so that's uh, I think that can be you know t- tough for new uh, either either bootcamp grad or just new self taught developer. Uh, you know that kind of acceptance. But yeah, like you said, persistence and really the the feedback was extensive. So you know I, I think they're they want you to get it in. You know so oh definitely you know, um, use, you, use their feedback. They went through the effort to review it. So you know, t- take it and then try and, like you said, do the professional thing, you know, be a professional developer and fix it. I do want to step them. back and make sure we mention. So when Apple is reviewing your app, they're reviewing it not in a mystery way, but against um, the app review guidelines, which are something that you can read and should read before you submit the app. And then if they reject it, they will reject it and cite chapter and verse they'll cite where in the review guidelines they feel that you've gone awry. And so then you can look back at, like Drew was explaining, and say, oh, well, that actually doesn't apply to my app, or think, oh, yeah, mm, okay, I'm missing that, and resubmit. And within App Store Connect, there's a place to, to do that. And yeah, of course they want us to get our apps in the store because they take a percentage cut. So, you know, that's the, this is their financial ecosystem part of it. And you can even say chapter and verse is a little vague, and I wasn't sure. And the next thing you know, they're going to say, okay, your app is fine. And then you'll see an improvement to the, uh, to the list the next time around that removes yes. some vagaries. Yes. So you're actually feeding in as well. Yes, absolutely. And I will say from my experience, the two times that really... Uh, get much tighter review our uh, first time an app goes in the one zero and if you switch to subscription then it's like the magnifying glass comes out and they turn your app upside down and take its turn out turn its pockets inside out and shake it really hard and uh and i i had the experience recently with my tiny you know, employer, there are four of us that we ended up calling. So when you have a paid developer account, part of what you pay for is developer support. And those are real people. And there's actually humans who answer the phone and can provide App Store Connect support. And so if it really goes south, call them and they will help you. So one of the topics we've been discussing a lot over this season and a bit of last season is AI and Obviously, the question, Brad, is have you used any of the AI tools associated to help you get your app together, up and running, et cetera? I haven't. Uh, I've, I've been keeping abreast of the of the technology. We we talked about it in, in the boot camp, uh, you know, using 
using the tools to kind of help help in development. And we've probably all seen like um, different hacking with Swift or all, all the different people kind of like, look, let's see if ChatGPT can build an iOS app and then it, it turns into a disaster or something like that. But uh, for, for me, at least, uh, especially coming from like an, an, an art background, I, I don't, I kind of feel ethically not that great about using generative art that come from AI because of like how they train those learning module, the how how they train the the model. So you know, like I uh, would kind of feel bad like until they create some kind of compensation model for artists. Uh, I would feel bad like with using that. But as far as or even like code that's been if it's not open source code, then you know, where did they get that? But uh, so for me, I haven't. But I'm probably behind the curve. I know that it's it's coming and you're probably going to be expected to use it in, in employment pretty soon, but at least to make it your development time faster. But um, I, I didn't use it for mine. Yeah, that's an interesting response. I wonder, like, you're really great at doing at creating the assets. Yeah, like, so, so it's not compelling to you either, because like, you already know how to make beautiful art. So mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, and then um, and then uh, like if if you had no maybe even if you had the talent but no time or desire, um, then you know would would you generate it? Would you pay an artist to do it? You know that's kind of uh, that's kind of the ethical thing that we have to consider. Yeah, I, I uh, one of the questions that came up for me was if I if I were to use AI to create something and it was too close to another artist's work, do I run a, a risk of them suing me for going over their work? Um, and that's another question. That there's there's another topic that we we could spend a lot of time on. I I was in a uh, I think it was an iOS dev happy hour where the question came up about you know what risks do I have being sued. And I, I often term that as it depends on how large you are and how much money you have to be sued for. If you've got one free app out there, there's really nothing for them to go after you. If, if you're Microsoft, that's a different story. You've got coffers and you've got lawyers. So, but uh, in general... Um, now I've, I, most of my artwork, I went to places like stock photo type websites and I got memberships and I went through the photos and did the attributions as they suggested. Actually, I think in one, I, I bought the, I don't have to attribute because I'm paying extra for this artwork. All right, let's, let's hop off of AI and, and go, uh, what resources would you recommend? facing the app store you said that there uh there was one book that that is in Kadeco's press that is uh getting your app into the app store yeah and we have those there's one for ios and there's an android one also yeah so the the Kadeco stuff is nice uh, i looked at it like i said after the fact and then also while i was a uh, bootcamp mentor uh towards the end when we started thinking about um, you know, as a kid, as a student's kid, sorry, as a students get closer to graduating, you know, they, some of them are, are thinking about going 
building out their app to be like a full a full app store app uh so they, they have a lot of questions about you know how, how can we get it there you know they're they're really nervous so those um that definitely comes up so the that uh, i would say those those on, on codeco but if you don't want to buy those uh i i got i just got a lot from from youtubers like from from like uh Sean Allen, Code with Chris, uh, Hacking with Swift, Paul, Paul Hudson. So the the community is quite active on social media too. I'm sure if you just if you just send out a post on LinkedIn or or you know social media about how do I do this kind of stuff, and then you link a bunch of people, the the developer community is 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 vibrant in iOS. So I'm sure they can always point you to to cool free resources or paid resources, but. Uh, and then kind of like what you said, Suze, it, the, the guidelines are, are there on Apple's website. So if you if you really, really want like the Bible of how to do it, go to the first party, go to Apple and look at, OK, I'm going to need a five and a half inch screen. I'm going to need a, a six point, you know, five. I'm going to need iPad going to be this. I got to do another generation iPad that and the video has to be this length. That's it's all there. So uh, th- that was a good point that you brought up. Yeah. And it's worth like if you think, oh, you know, I put an app in the App Store a couple of years ago. I know how to do this. So I'll just yeah, I'll prepare this, that and the other thing. Or it, like if you're saying I'm going to hire a designer and I'm going to ask them to prepare this, that and the other thing, the size guidelines change. So check first before you pay, before you contract your designer to pay to create these things. So because it might have changed. Because you'll find yourself cutting cutting little edges off of your pictures just to make sure they fit the right dimensions. <laughs> For example. <laughs> no, no, no experience there. Not at all. Videos. Did you make videos? What do you think about like, how would you figure out? doing your screenshots for App Store Connect and did you do videos and do you think it's worth it to do videos? Uh, for uh, Well, honestly, because I was kind of just going, I was just going about it. Uh, I found out when I got to the screen that said I needed to upload <laughs> a bunch of photos and do you want to upload a video? So anyone listening, you probably shouldn't figure it out that way. You should <laughs> probably go in knowing what you, what you need. But uh uh, so, and then, but for me, that, that wasn't a big deal. Uh, I mean, I even took the, that, uh, Figma course that, that Codeco has yeah, using Figma, which is, which is, uh, a fun course because it has Ray wearing a cowboy hat. Uh, but, but besides, besides that, uh, I had, uh, familiarity using graphic design software. So it was really, really, uh, not a big deal to design screens. Uh, there's also like app. Like there's websites you can use, kind of like Wix for app development, where you can um, they have templates you can use and and, and that kind of thing. Um, I haven't uh, made a video yet, but uh, it, it, I think it's a good idea to have like a gameplay video. I, well, I, I made some myself, but I, I didn't like my editing very much. Like I, I needed to have it more dynamic, so I just cut that. And then uh, and then I was like, well, I'll just wait for my like 2.0 release, my bigger release, uh, to do. Uh, like a much more polished uh, product video. You normally you see some kind of a video, especially for social media. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, you can reuse those or have a video for social media and cut it down for the app store or cut it into pieces for the app store so it doesn't have to be multiple videos or it doesn't have to originate as multiple videos. 
Do you just have the one app in the App Store, or do you have multiple apps in the App Store at this point? Uh, after the first one started getting larger, I started coming. I, I uh, came up with a second one, mainly, and then that one was interesting because I wanted to learn UIKit uh, because you, the all my training at that point had been Swift UI, and then uh, my my mentor, who was a, a software developer at uh, Meta, we always asked him like, you know, when should I? Which one should I use? It's such a big question. Which one should I learn? And his 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 uh, his answer was always, you learn one. In this case, you're learning Swift UI, and then you will encounter a need at some point to you learn UIKit. And that's the time when you're you're going to begin to learn it, or you'll be in a company, and there'll be a situation where you need to learn it, and then you'll learn it. So at the, at, for me, it was I want to one of some of the feedback I got from my first game is, you know, this is a cool game, but why can't I like play against other people in real time? Like, oh, that's really hard feedback. You know, that's going to take a lot of different development. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not like adding a button to the home screen. Uh, so for. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was like, okay. And then that was all, that's a UI kit framework. So then uh, I wanted to develop uh, an app that kind of did that. Uh, and it was, it was also kind of based on an arcade game that I've seen, but then I wanted to use that. My idea is to use that and then bring that into like that pro version of my other app. Uh, so it's kind of like, okay, I, I can, I can bring all this knowledge together. And then, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's app number two. So, um, some so what was driving you was the desire to learn to the desire to learn this new you know user interface framework the desire to learn ui kit yeah yeah the, and that, that and uh um feel free to tell us the name of this second app so people can look it up oh oh that uh that was called dot match duel it's like a it's like a really fast finger dot dot matching game uh so kind of like that same kind of uh, oh, arcade style, uh, just really s simple, easy to like pick up, like fast, play it real quick, and then just shut it down. You know, there's no like daily tasks just with all that. Anyway, we get into the, <laughs> into the design of, of how addicting. Right, and, right, where and, you don't have and, to like keep coming to, back to it. Yeah. It's like really a lightweight casual game. Yeah, so like hyper casual, it, it's it's in that category. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, it, was, it was really that. And it was kind of the desire to bring that technology into my main app. And then as I was building out kind of like this proof of concept, I'm like, well, this is actually kind of fun and cool. You know, let's, 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 and I don't see. Let's make it its own thing. Yeah, let's make it its own thing. When I was looking at like the competition, because like, I mean, as you both know, you, you have a lot of it is having an idea and then looking and see what exists. So if you see a hundred different apps that are the exact same as your idea, then, you know, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should pick a different idea. Uh, so that's kind of, I, I didn't see too much that was the same like that. That's that whole find that differentiation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now you developed your primary app while you were in the boot camp. And then you became a mentor at the boot camp. How did your experience mm -hmm. getting an app out translate as a boot camp member mentor? I think it gave, well, at least uh, the, for the students that really want, I would say probably all of them do want, but for the ones that were really close, like they were closer to um, getting their app to be there, then I think that adds a certain amount of credibility. At least I, I, I got a lot of. Uh, questions about you know what what was the process and uh, just how do how do you stick with it? But I I gave a talk in the boot camp about 
well, basically like this, but more uh, more detailed about how how I went how I went through it. Uh, so I I think that leaves some kind of you know it gives you some kind of credibility, and uh, but then also you, I'm still new, like I'm still very new compared to like say like I said my developer. Uh, or my my mentor had been a developer for you know, fifteen years and was working at a fan company. So it, you know, as far as approachability for the students, like at their level versus versus my level, I'm much closer to them in experience. Uh, so I think that made it a lot easier to you know reach out to me and say, oh, you know, can I be your Discord friend and can I ask you some some questions about how like would you be a beta tester for me? You know, versus asking, you know, like Drew, could you be a beta tester for me? That might be a little more intimidating. I wish we had time to play the entire interview, but if you'd like to see the interview with all the material, watch YouTube for the full video sessions. Brad, I, I really want to thank you for having joined us today. You have given us great insight into all of this. I especially appreciate it also being in your seat that uh, I'm in the process of moving toward a 2.0 of an app. And and I know all of the uh, the ups and downs that that involves. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I really want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What a pleasure to meet you. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited that we're going to be able to share these insights with our audience. Great. Thank you. We'll be back in another two weeks with another episode of the Cadeco podcast. Until then, I thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day, night, evening as your day, night, evening may be. And we'll talk to you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Codeco podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. See you next time.